0: so to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch.
1: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
2: Please
0: take your seats quickly, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you.
2: Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Tennis Weekly with Joel and Kim, sponsored by DownloadTennis.com. On today's tour catch-up.
1: Felix auger Aliasim completes a tour title hat-trick.
0: The United
2: Cup becomes official.
0: And the WTA finals get underway in Fort Worth.
2: Kim, Chris, today is the 31st of October and we are here to catch up. On the weekend tennis at Tennis Weekly HQ. We have had a week off on the WTA Tours, but we've had two big events on the ATP circuit in Vienna and Basel. We have had Felix Ogier Aliassim complete a hat-trick of titles in the last three weeks. And we've also had the man, the myth, the octopus, Daniel Medvedev, or should I say. Vedev, because he's just recently become a dad, uh, win as well. So all good there. And we've also got the WTA finals in Fort Worth about to kick off over the pond in the United States. So lots to talk about. The United Cup as well becoming official for the start of next season. And I'm happy to tell our listeners that Kim is back. Kim, you do not have any more travel Issues I was relieved to hear coming into this evening. You're not basically stuck in in Swindon
0: like you were last week.
1: No, I'm not. I mean, Swindon is a (laughs) lovely place, but I was, yeah. Is it?
0: I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I was in the outskirts of Swindon. uh, Oh, it gets better. It gets better. Yeah, yeah. But um, I I had dinner by the National Trust headquarters. And if any... British oh, people listening, um, you know the National Trust are quite big, I'm a, I'm a member, I like a bit of National Trust. It's a humble brag. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I care about, you know, preserving our, our heritage. Um, anyway, this is not a heritage podcast, <laughs> this is about tennis, so let's move on quickly uh, before I digress too much. Um, what's your highlight of the past week, guys? Um, before we crack on with the movers and shakers, what's what's floated your boat in the last week?
0: Well, I'm going to go first and I'm going to say in the absence of WTA action, I've still found um, a women's tennis highlight. And mine comes from, I've dropped down to the challenger, the (laughs) ITF level. Um, It comes from Tyler in Texas, where um, one of my favourites, Taylor Townsend, won her way through to the title at the W80 tournament there. Um, And she didn't drop a set, which was something super nice. She beat some of the podcast favourites of Kai Kanepi and Storm Sanders on the way. She's back in the top 130. And then a fun fact about this is that she won her quarterfinal, semifinal and final all in 24 hours. Oh wow. So that is a good effort.
1: That's pretty unique, isn't yeah. it? To isn't it?
0: 3 yeah. matches
1: in a day. Uh that doesn't happen too often. Uh, was that because of rain delay? Out of interest. Uh
0: yeah, it, unfortunately it was because of um some weather issues. But nothing can um well I think it the storm, but that's a bad storm Sanders joke. i think <laughs> weather wonder the storm that was Taylor Townsend.
2: There's a tongue twister there. Taylor Townsend Tyler Texas. Oh, a lot of T's. A yeah, lot of T's.
1: Texas T's, yeah.
0: <laughs> I broke it up. In fact, interestingly, all of the players I mentioned their first and second names are the same. Taylor Townsend, oh, Kai yes. Keneffi, Storm Sanders. Yes.
1: Now, Joel did an English degree. Is that alliteration? Or is yes, that,
2: uh, I believe something else? I believe so. I believe Joel has a, a degree? Form. No. <laughs> that is a form of alliteration, yes. My linguistics degree uh, can confirm that. But um yeah, great. For- Great for Taylor Townsend because yeah, we there were no there were no tournaments on the WTA tour, so yeah, there were a few sort of more lower profile events. But great one to two see, fives, yeah, but great to see Taylor Townsend getting back up there. Do you think you know? Do you think she could get back into the top hundred?
0: I really do. Um, yeah? I think she's. Oh- Play player with great talent. I think she's very happy on the court. And mm. if you can put together some of the wins like this, it's almost harder to get some of these very challenging ITF titles than it is to mm. progress on some of the, the main tour events. So watch out 2023.
1: Well, um, I mean, my fun fact of the week, guys, was uh, obviously Rafa related. Uh, no. I know. And <laughs> it doesn't really involve tennis, to be quite honest. <laughs> um, <laughs> Another baby. <laughs> no, not a baby, but a wedding. Not not his wedding, ah. but one of his best mates, Tomeo. Boy, a lot of Rafa fans will know who he is. Rafa dashed across from Paris back home to Mallorca so that he could go to his best mate's wedding, which obviously shows his dedication. Um, but yeah, I mean, who wouldn't want to go to a nice wedding at a country estate on Mallorca? So I think he made the right choice. He basically pied off the practice
2: schedule to hop on a flight, was it? Back to back to yeah, Mallorca so... from Paris.
1: There may have been some disappointed fans uh, at Bursi. <laughs> Apologies, mm. but, um, you know, priorities for, for Rafa. But uh, yeah, Joel, uh, what, did, what did you have for your last seven days on tour?
2: My highlight of the week was Borna Cioric, who I found out, um, obviously very, very decent player. He is actually third on the all-time list of most top five wins without ever being in the top 10. He defeated Stefanos Sissipas, in Vienna. Puts him third on the list. He's won 12 matches against top five opponents. He's still only 25 years old. And he could feasibly, I think, become the outright winner. Because Nick Kyrgios and Feliciano Lopez are the two players above him. But they're only two matches above him. Both on 14. And as I say, I think, yeah, Borna chorich, Sometimes a bit of a forgotten man, I feel, because of his, his injuries. But certainly his talent is um, indisputable.
0: Will it happen in Paris, Joel?
2: Ooh. It could do, because Nick Kyrgios isn't there.
0: No, he isn't. But I was surprised that Lopez had never been top 10. Is that right, mm. Kim? Must what,
1: what? be. Yeah, I suppose it would be. I mean, that's a grave injustice after his... <laughs> we know his after his
0: grass court season. His talent on a tennis court. <laughs> and all court, of his but... endless wild cards.
1: He has won doubles Grand slam, so, mm. well, at least one anyway. Um, but, yeah, <laughs> well, I think that's all very good and well, um, Joel. I mean, Borna courage. if he can keep it up, uh, yeah, certainly next year, watch out, you know, uh, watch out everyone else on tour. He just needs to make sure he's getting the same record against people who aren't in the top 10 or top 20, I should say. Um, let's look at what happened, though, on the tour last week, because we had a couple of tournaments um, we were out in Vienna. We were out in Baal. Uh, Daniel Medvedev, you alluded to earlier, Joel. He did win a title in Vienna, his second of the season, beating Denis Shapovalov in three sets, four six six three six two. 6 um, Until the final, he hadn't lost a set or even lost his serve on uh, route to the final. So he has now got his spot at the uh, Turin event in a couple of weeks' time as a result. Um, what did you make of Daniel and performance? performance? Is he kind of coming back, playing his best, you know, in advance of the the Tour Finals? Are we, we going to pop, pop him up there as one to watch now he's seemingly got his, his groove back?
2: I'd put him definitely in, in the mix for, yeah, one of the favourites, I think, for the ATP end of season finals in Turin. I would base that more so on his performance against Novak Djokovic, um, you know, in... Astana you know those two sets they played um, I know it ended very very abruptly with with Medvedev retiring but the quality he showed there makes me think that you know he's having a very you know he's come back he's playing some very high level tennis and he's actually got the the trophy to to go with it this week and you know as I was saying earlier the fact that um, you know very nice I think given yeah he's just become a dad this week I think he um, donated or he uh, earmarked and, and highlighted his his wife um in the in the winner's speech but yeah very good victory for him against in, in the final i think we saw all of his kind of movement on display his defensive capabilities and although i was a little bit surprised i think Denis shapovalov took that that first set yeah medvedev really put too much pressure on shapovalov asked him too many questions and um yeah was able to get it done in routine in the end but yeah still a Good showing, I think, from Shapovalov given, I think, again, a player who's had, I'd say, more downs than ups um, this season.
0: I was really impressed by um, Medvedev in this one. I think it was really impressive the way he was able to um, play this match in a, a, a super uh, disciplined way because some of the tennis that Dennis was hitting, I mean, mm. I could not believe. I'd not seen that level um, from him probably ever. And I think Medvedev said after the match that he just thought that um, Dennis was playing unreal tennis and he just thought if I can just hang in this maybe I'll I'll have a chance there and, and he did and it just shows what a great counterpuncher he is to be able to realise his opponent is playing so well and still be able to keep his level up and then take advantage of it um, because I think he's played him many times before and he knows that it's quite easy for Shapovalov to go kind of off the boil. But I think he's definitely in with a good, good shot when it comes to end-of-season championships. He talked about how he likes the end of the season. He b- kind of balances his seasons quite well. He loves an end-of-season peak. Um, and I think in Paris, he's going to be really tricky to beat, having kind of won that title before. It was um, it was a good, good performance.
2: I'd quite like to see Medvedev Djokovic again, given we didn't get a final mm. conclusion, I think, in... Kazakhstan and as I said the the spectacle they put on was just fantastic so it feels like yeah quite a lot of players are kind of in form at the moment you know going into end of season finals we'll, we'll obviously get on to Felix Ogiel's team hopefully he will he will be there but Medvedev Djokovic Rafa back in the fold as well yeah it feels like there's a lot more kind of in form players to me you know at the moment where yeah, it's leading to Turin. i feeling, you know, to me, quite, you know, quite wide open, which is quite refreshing because I think, you know, we get to this point in the season, and I think sometimes the, you know, the narrative is more around, you know, who's fit and and who's not carrying any injuries. But I feel like the reality is for someone like Medvedev, you know, the middle of his season was quiet because of, you know, Wimbledon, you know, not allowing him to compete. Yeah, you know, he took, you know, the majority of the, the clay season off as well. So. I think you know that was unfortunate for him and you know with with the world number one ranking as well you know (laughs) it was very much kind of drips and jabs and wasn't real any sort of consistency but certainly the start of his season and it looks like the end of his season are coming on strong.
1: Yeah and I think I mean just going away from Medvedev who I agree I think he's looking like going to be a prime contender for the Tour Finals. Um, Another player who obviously won't be there, has has been there before, and maybe hopefully will be back there at some point. It's Dominic Team, who's now into the top hundred again, um, at number one hundred. He obviously lost to Daniel Medvedev um in the round of sixteen in Vienna. But it's just nice that he is gradually getting a few more wins on the tour and is, you know, he he chose not to take the the qualifying wildcard, for example, um, into this. And he's he's able to to obviously get into a few more things now and hopefully this is going into next season um he's sort of at least where a bit closer to where he'd like to be which is a, a i think a nice positive um end to his his kind of comeback season um you know slow and steady that's uh, i think the the name of the game for him um and i guess a couple of other results from this week british players cameron norrie had a, a terrible Time really losing to Marcus Giron straight sets. That was quite a poor loss. I don't know what you both made of that. I know, Chris, you've got some beef with um with Cam Norrie, haven't you? I think from well, the we I I
0: do. I shared it on the <laughs> WhatsApp today. I was just having I was having a browse of Cam Norrie's Instagram. As and, you do. Um, as you do. Um, and I was swiping across uh for a carousel that he posted, and I was like, I recognise that picture. And it was a picture that I took when I was in Stockholm and I was courtside, <laughs> and um, there it was. And I was looking around: is it tagged? Is there a photo credit? Couldn't quite find one, but nevertheless, it's nice to see that my photography skills are being <laughs> recognised by an ATP top twenty player. Copyright um,
1: issues, though, there, Chris. Yeah, we I mean, we, yeah. On. we need on, to make Pam. the most
2: of this.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. Yes, it was. Uh, someone did um, message me and said can we get royalties from this? I said, I'm not (laughs) sure. Um, So maybe we just, Joel, if you could drop him a DM, that would be fantastic just to follow up there. I'll
2: be very diplomatic about it. We'll be like, Cam, we love you. Can we get a credit, please?
0: or all a cheeky hundred pounds oh, yes. on, on, on the podcast or come on the podcast oh, yes. that's better yes. that's a better <laughs> idea that. yes
1: then you can use all our photos no actually <laughs> um, lucy safarova once posted one of my no. photos on her <laughs> instagram i had gone to uh well i didn't go to the wta player party but i went to like look at the red carpet because it's quite exciting on the purple carpet i think as it was i took a photo of her arriving and some other players and she yeah she i'd obviously tagged her on social and <laughs> she just stole the photograph but there we go i'm a fan of hers so as how fine. dare she but yeah how
0: dare i she? know <laughs> and what year was that kim
1: oh years ago now maybe and we're over it are we <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> i'm still yeah bitter to yeah. this day <laughs> <laughs> i mean
2: i mean kim a player i enjoyed seeing return what seemingly returned to form uh, grigor dimitrov getting to the semi-finals mm. had a very good very routine win against Andriy Rublev, who I think is going to be at um, the finals in, in Turin, but is may has been made to wait by Grigor Dimitrov. Um, yeah, who got to the, who got to the semi-finals of a 500, and yeah, again a player who has been, you know, has not been a kind of common talking point on the podcast. I feel for well for a long time. Um, but yeah had a very good week i think in in vienna getting through to the semis yes losing to, to daniel medvedev but um yeah impressive nonetheless
1: yeah we, we we know we know on his day grigor is a you know a demon on the court so uh yeah good good on him and uh i saw also that dan evans uh although he got yeah he got won a few rounds got to the quarters in the singles he uh beat beat joe salisbury and rajiv <sighs> in the in Ooh, the doubles that's a
0: spicy <laughs> one isn't it
1: i know so, do, you yeah, do you think he messaged that to Leon Davis Smith Cup.
2: afterwards?
0: <laughs> I think it was. Um, I think he was definitely inspired by his recent comments to, to back that one up because I mean that was very routine. I think when it comes to the Davis Cup um, double selections, I think if Dan Evans doesn't get picked, I think he might be even more vocal than he already has been about the selection issues.
1: Mm, bit of hoo-ha potentially going on. Well, going to happen there. Him um, and Jack
0: Draper, please play doubles at the <laughs> Davis Cup. <laughs>
1: My uh, campaign continues. Uh, <laughs> let's have a quick look at Basel because uh, we had FAA. Um, I mean, he's got a title for each of his, you know, initials in his acronym in the past few weeks because he's got three titles on the trot. I can't believe it. 13 wins in a row on the tour uh, from a man who just could not get over the finish line in finals to save his life. And now he's got, what, four singles titles and, and three on the trot um he beat Holger Rune in straight sets to win in Basel 6-3 7-5 um he's obviously in the form of his life you know he beat Carlos Alcaraz in the semi-finals um you know also came through Bublik uh Manovich. so like just he's on, he's he's on solid form and i I'm, I'm really curious to see how long this form will will last if he can keep it going into the masters and, and the the tour finals because i'd i'd love to see it personally
0: he didn't blink, did he? He completely stayed with it the entire tournament. And I think that's the thing that was most impressive from watching it this week was at no point did he falter in a way that we've sort of seen him do before where his level has dipped slightly. Um, that Carlos match, I could not believe how I'm not calling Carlos average, but I'm saying he was made to look average by Felix. He would never have thought the rankings were the way that they were given the confidence and the composure that Felix had throughout that match. And, Alcaraz was making some errors and didn't necessarily have the answers in that sort of um, that matchup so as we say and Joel's already said it's really setting itself up for a very interesting um, paris bercy tournament but also end of season finals with so many players playing really well and so many sort of questions around players in terms of their form like Alcaraz and Nadal in terms of where their level will be at.
2: I mean I think the biggest thing that's been you know it's working so well for him even we spoke about it last week going to speak about it again this week his serve and his forehand from the back of the court it's just it's just such a massive weapon for him and um you know I don't think he faced he faced very few break points throughout the whole tournament I don't think got broken through the whole event and uh, you know Holger Rune he's had a great, again, last couple of weeks um, in terms of his momentum and and his confidence and how he's, um, you know, really kind of stepped up what it feels like. I feel like, you know, we were originally speaking about Holger Rune as like this sort of clay court player. So it's almost been to me a little bit kind of pleasantly, been pleasantly surprised by how well he's been able to adapt um, to kind of like the, yeah, like an indoor hard court. And to me, it's kind of fascinating how both these players are very much, you know, well regarded. We're really curious to see how they're going to do. You know, does this mean Felix Ojedaalishim is in? You know, the you know in contention maybe for a, a Grand Slam next season. I don't know, but I think what I find, find it interesting is how I think we have to acknowledge for Ojedaalishim. It's taken longer for him to get to this sort of peak. You know, he's had to go through some. You know some challenges. Kind of first of all, you know, we spoke about. You know, the most obvious one is is ATP Finals, where I think he was O and eight. Whereas Holger Rune, I mean, he has come. I think burst on, or maybe even a little bit more quickly. I think. You know, I think he's, you know, very, still a, a teenager technically, and is in the top twenty. Um, so it's just to me kind of fascinating how in tennis you can have players who take time to blossom, and we've seen that with. I think Felix see him and then we have players like Holger Rune, who I think just have a bit more of like a bit more of a bang and a bit more of an impact that is more apparent, a bit more instantly.
0: I mean, at the ripe old age of twenty-two, Joel yeah, for Felix. I then, he's- well, I
2: know, but he's been on the <laughs> tour. I feel like with FAA, he's been on the tour for a while, and I think we're actually still there with like a Denis Shapovalov of like when is it going to happen? When is it going to happen? And yeah. you know, he had, you know, he got to the, you know, his first semi-final of, the, you know, the U.S. Open you know at the back end of not obviously last season um and uh, yeah and and i think just just to see this and and this momentum that i think we've all kind of known we, has had it in him but it's just again just taking a little bit more time than I think people were to be honest like willing to to give him you know when when seeing him on the tour
1: and he's now the goat of October 2022 (laughs) um and who knows how long it will continue but channeling
2: his inner Annette Contevate
1: yeah exactly I mean he, he probably he does love a you know indoor hardcore as well so I'm just very pleased for him because it's it's nice after such a long time and yeah like you said he's still so young I mean this could be the start of or something really major as many people predicted so mm. good on Felix um I I'm, mean I'm who are you more
2: who are you more excited by going into next season in terms of Oji Aliasim or, Holgerun? or, or, oh,
1: oh, or, Hol- or oh, oh, I was oh, gonna say Rune oh, okay. because
2: Rune to me is the the wild card or more mm. unknown entity that has kind of come into it I think Oji Aliasim I can say yeah he can sustain it Alcaraz yeah he he can sustain it but rune to me is the one who i've you know for me has come out of nowhere a little bit
1: yeah i think for me i'm st- i'm still personally more excited about felix to see if he can really elevate even further and get right up to the top of the rankings um but i think rune will still be in his like de- next developmental year whereas i think if felix mm. can keep this form up it's like is he now going into the real upper echelons so i think they're still at yeah. different stages I don't know if you would disagree. Or... No, I agree with you. <laughs> I
0: agree with you with that. I think um, it's different. I have different um, excitements for next year. So like for Felix, as Kim said, I want to see him become a top five player and make that leap mm. now. And with Holger, I think, I mean, I, I'm i very annoying on our WhatsApp thread because I'm always saying, oh, we, maybe this is going to do something magic today. And then he lost in straight sets <laughs> in the final. But I think But I'm I, I think I'm maybe, cause, maybe because I live in Denmark, I'm now very um biased in this but I, I do think from watching him play live that he has so much um so much ability and so much game and for him to have made the improvements he has done in such a short period of time mm. i do think the sky's the limit but we've seen it before you know when sasha was younger at 17 when he broke out into the tour in a big way it is hard to make that that leap um even from t- uh, top 20 to top 10 to then it can take time push further but i think yeah it can but i think um I think what Runa showed is quite a lot of maturity in the last few weeks and improving his mentality which is impressive.
2: Yeah, and I think that's the thing that actually has impressed me with Ozia Aliassim, because when you do see him on the court, I always compare it to kind of Denis Shapovalov. They're very very different in terms of the the maturity I think that, that Aliyasin brings and the kind of coolness and he feels you feel like he's always very kind of composed um he doesn't show his emotions, I think, as much as some of his contemporaries, like, uh, you know, a Carlos Alcaraz or even a, a Denis Shapovalov. But I think we've seen from from Rune and, and Shapovalov that, you know, making those um, improvements in terms of maturity and, um, you know, bringing a different kind of mental side to the tennis court actually can help your your overall game. Because I think that's been particularly with Shapovalov one of his his weaknesses and it was uh, for me a kind of a pleasant surprise again to kind of see him this week show a bit more kind of maturity i think particularly when in terms of his shot selection i think he's been you know criticized in the past in terms of trying to go for the you know the highlights reel too early on you know in in the point and actually having a bit more kind of control and composure and and picking your right moments i think that kind of shone through for me this week and yeah felix to me is maybe still a little bit ahead in, in, in terms of that department but I think again helps I think set him up for those kind of bigger tournaments to come who knows you know on the on the grandest stage of all at, at a you know at a Grand Slam
1: well on that note let's take a quick break but we'll be back in the second half where we'll be talking about the official announcement of the United Cup all the round robin draws for the WTA finals which gets underway today and also what's to come in the Paris Masters this week so do not go anywhere Welcome back to Tennis Weekly with Joel, Kim and Chris, sponsored by DownloadTennis.com. And now we're going to move on to, of course, a par for the courts game uh, before we get on to this week's tennis. Um, Chris, I believe you have been uh, ruffling feathers potentially by, um, I think you've you've got a really hardcore one for me and Joel to... I have, I have indeed Is that going to ruffle off with
0: us? I think it's going to be a (laughs) challenge I think it shouldn't be too challenging but I think it it might prove to be on the spot I'm nervous already It's not something we talk about all the time Um, You have the option though how we'd like to play this whether we go for setting par because there are 14 correct answers that I'm looking for so we could do our first is it our first Joel versus Kim back and forth or have we done that one? We haven't I think we might have done a long
1: time ago, but I'm I'm confident I'm gonna beat Joel. Oh.
0: That's, uh, <laughs> Shall we ba- okay? To be fair, I feel like, like everyone is confident it? that
2: they're gonna they're gonna beat Strong
1: you. words. <laughs>
0: okay. Well, I will tell you what the category is and then you can decide, but I think we should do a back and forth. Um the category is year ending championship winners for the WTA Tour since the year two thousand. Oh, okay, wow. that's not
1: actually that's not actually too bad. Uh Potentially, I think. And there's been yeah. 14. Well,
0: we might 14 in the last of the... Well, it's not the full uh, 20 years because there was um, a break in 2020 when it wasn't held because of the pandemic. So just fact that into your answer, Joel, if you thought there was a 2020 winner. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it didn't happen.
1: Okay, so who wants to go first? I
0: think we will let Joel go first because I think the chances of him coming through this are very this slim. Is
2: a, you're giving me like the pity go first... Like okay, response. Kim can start. <laughs> Actually, no. I want it. I want to go first. Yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, Serena Williams.
0: Correct.
1: Oh. Okay. Um, Alina Svitolina.
0: 2018 champion. Garbinia Muguruza.
2: Indeed. <laughs> God. I'm already struggling. <laughs>
1: um uh, um oh gosh. Uh, uh Caroline Wozniaki.
2: Justine Ennan.
1: Um oh lord, this is actually quite hard. Uh going back to 2000, now did did uh, Venus Williams ever win it? Venus Williams.
2: Correct. Oh. oh, I thought that was going to be a wrong answer. Um, I'm gonna say Kim Kleisters.
0: Another correct answer. Oh. <laughs>
1: um. S- hmm. Oh. Uh, oh, I feel like what I'm gonna say is really rogue now, but um, Anna Tatsy.
0: That is a rogue one. I have to say that's an incorrect answer. Oh, wow, no. Kim, Joel, Kim. Kim. I think I've got more as well. Joel, um, oh. Joel, would you like to continue with a couple more? Um, <laughs> I think my next one was going to be Victoria Azarenka. Okay, well that's where it would have ended. That's oh. also incorrect. <laughs> yes, Petra Indeed. Would you like to hear the full? Yes, that's a correct answer. Oh, yes, that is. Was Ash
2: Barty a correct answer? Are you out
0: of answers? Or... I was so worried to say. That was Ash also Barty. a correct answer. Uh, of yes. Course. Because yes. she's
1: retired, I forget about her now. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> yeah, it's amazing that happened this Lindsay year. Lindsay Davenport? The complete list? N- not, not this side of the... Okay. ...of 2000. Okay. That's she all won I've it in 1999. That's all I've got. Well, Joel, congratulations. That was a very <laughs> solid performance. Yes. Um, other answers that you could have had was Radwanska, who won it in 2015. Oh, yes. And then Amelie Moresmo took the title in 2005. Mm. Maria Sharapova took the title in 2004. <laughs> and then the final correct answer Ivanovic? was Hingis in 2000. Oh,
2: Hingis. Yes.
1: Oh, of course. Wow. Who... That's definitely not our area of expertise, is it, Joel? Wow. Who went first <laughs> was pretty much a that. big... Who
2: went first was a pretty big call
0: uh, for that one. Oh, I, cool. Yeah. I would <laughs> love to have seen Joel go that confident with Azarenka and get it wrong.
1: I don't know why I said Anna Chakvetadze.
0: <laughs> I think just to show if you know who she is.
1: Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah.
2: I was honestly thinking Azarenko or Kvitova was going to be my next guest. So um, yes, but no, that was uh, that was very very good. I enjoyed that. Um,
0: yeah. Um, right. I'm, got... su- I'm not surprised, Joel.
1: <laughs> I know, I, think, I don't
2: feel like I have won like any sort of game on the pod for Ever. a long long time. Yes. Um so yeah really happy with that. Um we do have a mailbag until next bag. week. Until next week exactly. Um we do have a mailbag and um it's from Jack who got in touch with us on email and they asked us with the end of season finals starting up this week in For- Fort Worth. I would love to know who do you think will be in the final 8 at the next seasons finals
0: in Ooh, 2023 that is a great question is, is this a good from...
1: question yeah
2: i think this is hard because of simona hallett and to me simona hallett would have been a surefire person in my top eight but i've had to leave her out because i have no idea what's what's going what's going to happen there
1: well um chris who have you got
0: so unsurprisingly i went for eager i thought she's got to be there um i put ons in there as well um, and then I've gone a little bit more rogue. I've gone for Quin wen Zheng. I think this could be a breakout season. I'm calling it now 2023 Roland Garros champion. Um, and Nisimova, I'm always a big supporter of her. I think Kujikova will be back in the mix after showing some great play. Um, and then I think Terzanoff and Bencic will be a very fruitful partnership mm, next year. Yep. And then rounding it off, I have Coco Goff and then Jesse Pagula.
1: Yeah, I've got Jessica Guler in mine. I think she's so consistent. She's still going to be up there. Um, I've also gone for golf, Eager Ons. I'm I'm questioning Asaka. I feel like she's got to do something again, hasn't she? Oh, she doesn't Maybe play enough next for year me. year is, is going to be the year. Yeah. Um, I'm also tempted to go for Caroline Garcia, obviously. Um, oh, do I'm, you think that you think that well, she'll back it up? In uh, well, I'd also given her recent coaching. Uh, you know, announcement. Um, mm. I, I don't know. Yeah, that's why I'm questioning myself. Um, I think, I mean, I'd like to think that Muguruza will be back up there. And obviously, I guess Sabalenka, pretty consistent. Maybe there's, maybe maybe a Clara Towson or someone like that is going to come Ooh, forward. Okay. Um, or a Leyla Annie Fernandez might kind of continue her her rise because that sort of seems to have paused but i've noticed like none of got us
2: none of us are thinking emma raducanu um no top eight. Not yet, I, I
0: can't anymore i can't <laughs> no, i honestly go can't either. with no. those predictions
2: <laughs> no i've gone fiontech yabor goth bencic critique i have put Muguruza, um in there because i feel like yeah she's hit rock bottom she's going to come straight back up from from there um, and then I've got Sakari. Zachary. Zachary making up the numbers this year. I think she's sadly going to be making up the numbers as well next year. And I've got Sabalenka um, as well. I think I'm being a bit harsh on Jessie Pegula. I think it's... I mean, she's number, world well, number three. Uh, yeah, I don't... I don't know. I'm not convinced she's going to be... I'm not convinced she's going to do the same next year. I think, yeah, Coco Goff for me is is going to be the sole American in the top eight for me next year.
0: Fair enough. I was going to say something I saw this week about Muguruza, though. She may be falling on hard times on the tennis court, off the tennis court. She is not falling on hard times. Well, she, she was learned a new dance move. highest paid, no, the fifth highest paid female <laughs> athlete in the world. Wow. Behind Osaka, Serena Venus and Simone Biles. So, sorry, Jessica I mean, Pagula? No, Muguruza, sorry. Oh, right, sorry. <laughs> yes, no, no, no. Because no. yes. <laughs> I was about to say, Pagula's not wow, finding hard times on the amazing. tennis court. She
2: doesn't need the
1: money, she's Kim. Got... Well, yeah, she's got... A billionaire dad or something uh yeah something like that. i just know her parent her her dad owns an american football team something like that yeah she is yeah. um
0: she's heir to a, a big fortune there so mm. maybe that's why she's not on the list
1: well great question from jack got, got us thinking it's very hard to predict especially when it comes to wta but um we, we shall see who of the current cohort are there next year um in the news this last week we do have um well, a few talking points, but the United Cup has become an official thing, which is, I guess, that the new formulation of the Hotman Cup. Essentially, it's the new joint ATP WTA team tennis event out in Australia prior to the AO. 18 countries. It's going to be across Sydney, Brisbane and Perth. Uh, so there's going to be six groups of three teams uh, It's going to be four singles and one mixed doubles per tie. And then we're going to have, obviously, different teams advancing through. Um, There's also ranking points on offer. There's a logo um, for it as well. Uh, ATP Cup is no longer. Hotman Cup has, well, I guess this is, yeah, like the new version of the Hotman Cup. Um, What are your thoughts on the format? Um, The fact that this is definitely official. Are you pleased? Are you glad we've got a mixed event back um, to start the season off?
0: Can I ask a question. So, of is it course. two players per team? That's what my understanding is. Or is it? Can you have more players in a team? Like, do we have substitutes? Would be my question. Because what if um, Carney plays and needs to withdraw from a match? You know, are you allowed to have? Well, I don't think GB. Else I don't think
2: GB make the cut at the moment. Actually, you know.
0: I think that's probably true, actually. But I'm, I'm imagining that one player plays two singles rather than four mm. players on a team. That's my question. But either way, very excited. I think it's. I mean, we love the Hotman Cup. We, we've made no um, secret of that uh, on the pod. It's I love a mixed doubles. I always think that gives some fantastic matches. Um, and I think the fact that there are two two singles matches for ATP and WTA as part of each of the ties, I mean, it gives a great opportunity to, to warm up ahead of the uh, Australian Open. I would say uh, working in a sort of design area, the logo, I'm not a fan of. I think they've taken it very literally, the U of United, with um, a blue moving into a purple to signify, I guess, the WTA and the ATP tour. Wow, I um, did not
2: get that at all from looking at that logo. I got like... Oh, didn't you? I got like a hollowed-out tennis ball. Uh, was trying yeah, to do like it 3D. is a bit bally.
1: Oh, uh, well.
0: yes. I think it is a hollowed-out tennis ball into the shape of a U. I think we, together, yeah, okay, we have figured okay. out what's going on. yeah
2: <laughs> But no, it's. I think it's no. It's...
0: Um, Ostrava exclamation mark exclamation yeah. mark exclamation mark.
2: <laughs> no, no. I think yeah, it's <laughs> a great. I think yeah, I've, I'm. I'm really excited. I think a lot more excited to be honest than when we heard about the you know the launch of the, the ATP Cup. Um, I think you know lastly I was talking about like I love having kind of combined events when you know there's ATP and and both WTA on site and the fact that this will have that. And also have mixed doubles kind of thrown in. I think it's going to be great. I think also having ranking points will help. You know, I think it'll be interesting to see, I think, how the players treat it. Whether they treat it like Hopman Cup. Because, you know, Hopman Cup didn't have ranking points. And therefore, it was a little bit more exhibition-y, a little bit more playful. And I think that's why, you know, a lot of the kind of top players love playing it. And it gave us very kind of unique partnerships. So, I think it's going to be interesting to see how serious I think players um, you know kind of take it and whether they do interpret it as an equivalent of Hopman Cup or whether they take it a little bit more seriously because you know ranking points uh, you know are going to be available but I certainly think you know at the start of the season this is such a great unique and distinctive event um, to get involved in um, that it's going to be yeah really interesting to see how it kind of you know plays out and you know of course there are you know, other um, there are going to be other kind of singles events on the tours going on at the same time. So I think Russia and, 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 and Belarus are not allowed to play in the event. So those individuals will have to go um, elsewhere. So um, again, it'll be interesting to see how it sort of fits in. You know, it's not, ex- you know, it's not got an exclusive, you know, week um, to play with, but certainly I think it can be a, yeah, an interesting addition in the build up to the Australian Open.
1: Yeah, I think the logo is a bit corporate. You know, it's, it's for yeah. me a bit bland. It looks like some kind of tech company logo, mm. but that's just my personal opinion. But an
0: apprentice logo. Almost. I'm <laughs> sure the
1: event will be lovely. Um, let's we've had a bit of WTA Finals chat already, but let's look ahead to the end of season finals because they are getting underway today out in Fort Worth in Texas. So we've got the two groups that have been announced. All the promo photos have, have been taken. Players have done the old uh, red carpet in their, their outfits. Uh, we've got group Tracy Austin and group Nancy Ritchie. So Tracy Austin's group, we've got Svontek, Coco Goff, Caroline Garcia and Daria Kazakina. And group Nancy Ritchie, we've got Anjabor and Jessie Bagula, Maria Zachary and Arena Sabalenka. What are your initial thoughts on the breakdown of those two groups? Do you think there's one group that is significantly stronger than the other? Do you think it's a fair divide?
0: Oh, Tracy Austin, I think is the stronger group. Uh, it's the uh, it's the group where I wasn't sure who of who would. Well, I'm still not obviously saying I'm sure because I know how predictions go on the pod. But um, when you've got Eager and you've got Garcia um, in there as well as Goff, I think that that is where the real strength of that group mm. lies. Whereas I do think that. In the the second group, in Nancy Ritchie, it's Ons and Pagula are really players I can see past based on their form this year. That's my take.
2: I mean, that's interesting because I I was reading in in the build up. Um, Pagula has a losing record against everyone in her group. Um, so I don't think it's as like much of a, a done deal. I do think you know if you base it on like the form this year, I think there's like for me there is kind of four outstanding candidates in in the top four rankings: Schuylantek, Goff. Jabor and and Pagula, but yeah, I'm I'm don't think it's as you know certain for me, but certainly I think in that that first group, yeah, I'm still I'm still sort of leaning towards the, the top players. I think it's yeah, to me, I think there is a bit more of a divide I think versus you know between the the top players and the the players who I'm not expecting to to really put up much of a fight versus I think in Turin where I do think it could be you know a lot less predictable
1: Mm. which is quite interesting really because normally it's the other way around isn't Mm. it um with with the women's and and men's but yeah i i agree i think that the sort of most in form players are are in the, the tracy austin group um I feel like Sakari is, is <laughs> it, how rude, I feel like very rude saying this, but I feel like she's kind of making up the numbers. Um, but that sounds awful, doesn't it, saying that.
0: Don't worry, just, I said it on the pod in last no week. no way Kim. am I
1: predicting her.
0: <laughs> it's a safe space.
1: <laughs> I've gone for, um, I don't know about you guys, I've gone for Jabor and Pagula to make it out of Nancy Ritchie and Eager and Caroline Garcia to, to make it out of Tracy Austin. And I've, I I think I've got an Ons Eager final uh, in my pathway through Mm. with Eager winning. Um, I feel like we potentially will have all of all the same champion (laughs) in our predictions.
0: I have gone quite similar to you, but I think I've got the difference in who comes first and second in the group. So I actually have um, Ons versus Eager in the semi-finals, and then I've got Garcia versus Pagula. and I put Garcia going through the final because what I like about the round robin format is you can play the same player twice, just mm-hmm. like last mm-hmm. year, when Contavek beat Muguruza, I think, in the round robin and then lost her in the final. I that think that's fact. True. I'm hoping so. I think yeah. it makes it a bit bit spicier, you know, a bit of fun, um if two players are playing particularly one in one group.
1: Joel, who have you uh who have you chosen for your predictions for this one?
2: Yeah, I've got Sviontek Jabor in, in the semi-finals. Um, and I've got uh, sorry, I've got Shviontek defeating Onjabor uh, in the semi-finals, and I've got Coco Goff defeating Jesse Pagula as well. I think it's going to be an all-American um, matchup. But I'm expecting yeah, Coco Goff to m- come through that, um, and I'm s- yeah, seeing a Shviontek Goff final. But I just have to go with Iga Shviontek based on yeah, <laughs> based on what you guys have said, and, and based on that she has been, you know. The standout player on the, on the tour this year, you know, she's refreshed, she's recuperated. I'm still not sure if she should have played San Diego, to be quite honest. But um, I think, yeah, I think it's going to be, uh, yeah. It, in theory, if if Shiontech plays plays the level she's been showing week in week out, it's hard to it's hard to argue against her.
1: I, I agree. We're kind of on the same wavelength. So let's let's see what unfolds in the next week out in Fort Worth.
2: I'm more curious to see how this event is gonna go because, you know, it's not mm-hmm. been like the other years when it's you know, we've known we've known it at the start of the season and you know, we've been looking forward to it. You know, it's been very it's been quite uncertain. I think, you know, since the the pan you know, pandemic's been over, I think a lot of the calendar has just been it's a quarter here, a quarter there, and it's events allow events announced with very little kind of planning time, and and sometimes that can go against you. You know, we saw uh, in Naples with the the Naples Cup on the on the ATP side um, have lots of issues with the courts having to be relayed, and you know I'm obviously not hoping that this event will suffer any sort of problems like that. But I think it does put under the microscope, you know, events that do get, you know, nominated to host something during the season when time is of the essence. And yeah, how, you know, how it goes, um, I think it's going to be fascinating to see if maybe the tennis maybe doesn't live up to the billing because Igor Siontek's just going to steamroll it.
0: I think I can tell you with confidence though, the court has been laid. The court is down. (laughs) The court has been laid. Um...
1: It That's has arrived. A start, isn't yes, it <laughs> actually arrived
0: from Naples. Um, it was travelling over, <laughs> yes. um, so that that court's really doing the rounds mm. now. But they've sold over thirty thousand tickets, mm. so I think it's um...
1: how impressive does that sound? Yeah, Joel, you've got umbrage of that. Yeah, situation. I was
0: <laughs> like, but there's a lot of days of tennis to be played, and
2: if there's day and night sessions, uh, I don't know. Is it? Is it? I, I can't remember if it's a day night format, but. Does thirty thousand sound more impressive than it than it
0: actually is? That's still quite a lot of people in Texas going to see tennis. Okay.
1: But is it a massive stadium like they have in? It's America? quite a
0: large stadium. Yes. Well, either way, mm. I I was thought that was quite a nice number. But I guess because... that's less than a day's play at Wimbledon. <laughs>
1: that is well, yeah. I mean, we'll have to. How's that going to look on I... the
2: TV screen? Is what I'm I'm curious.
0: You just possibly. zoom in, very close shot, very close <laughs> shot.
1: No panning of of the back seat. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean let's let's have a look at the other big event happening this week which is the Paris Masters. So we've got um yeah lots of big names back in action. Rafa's there, Novak's there, Carlos Alcaraz is the top seed of course. Uh, Daniel Medvedev, can he keep up his good form? Can can FAA make it four on the trot? Um yeah, everyone everyone's there, basically, aren't they? It's it's very exciting. Um, I mean, we're not there, but um, although you guys are going somewhere else very shortly, we'll get onto that in a bit. Um, but what are your initial thoughts on Paris Masters? Who are you predicting for the for the win?
2: Isn't it amazing we have actually got a Paris Masters, which what feels like an absolutely full field? Because mm. do you remember like a few mm. years ago? It's been it a was, while, hasn't it? Yeah, because you, you remember like a few years ago, it was like the event just there was like no. It was like the finals on the Sunday and the tour finals at the O2 would start on the Monday. And as a result, many players just, of the top players, didn't just play it. Didn't play It So it was
0: the wooden spoon and then you, you win the tournament and you end up in the end of season championships <laughs> having not won matches all year. And then Jack mm. Sock's booked his flight to the, you know, wherever it is.
1: <laughs> yeah, you do get more rogue winners at this one often, like a Jack Sock. Um, mm. Or whoever wins turns up, yeah, really tired. Karen, Karen Kachinoff won. Did Karen Kachunov win it? Yeah, I think Sondel won it as well, didn't he? Mm. Uh, Yep. Yeah. Uh,
0: Yeah. They did indeed. Anyway,
1: who's going to win it in 2022? That's what we want to know.
2: Djokovic.
0: I. I will. You think Djokovic? Mm -hmm. That is. I. Oh, oh, this is. And I think Rafa's
2: going to go out early. I think. I
1: think.
0: Mm, I think he's going out
2: early. I'm not expecting so who, PCB? him. PCB, yeah, or maybe a Denis Shapovalov. They could play each other. Mm, oh yes, in yeah. the third mm.
1: round. Um, That's a bit nasty, isn't it?
0: Yeah, it's got I I I don't bet. I don't think I can bet against Djokovic. Really, mm. I think four in a row would be unprecedented for for Felix. I remember mm. uh, who was it that did it? Murray in 2011. He took three in three he weeks. Took three, and then it not. I'm not sure if it counts. Last year, Casper with three two fifties, <laughs> when no one else was playing. Well, Kyrgios um, doesn't
1: count it, that's for sure.
0: No, he doesn't. So I, I would go with Djokovic, but if not, I'm going to go Gilles Simon in his final tournament.
2: <laughs> well, I mean, Chris, he's wow. a set in a Chris. He's a set and, and three two down to Andy Murray at the moment. So hopefully.
0: He loves a long match. He loves a long match. <laughs> well, do
1: you know I what? Swear, I Andy Murray is always playing when like, we record. Every time like, we record. Yes. Monday night match. You know, interesting yeah. interesting, no fact about,
2: uh, interesting fact about Andy Murray, GLC1. I was reading it is the most um, prolific in terms of matches uh, played against each other in terms of a rivalry outside of the big three. I think they've played each other 11 times at Masters events. Um which, wow. So Murray them...
1: Simon is is like a fed owl. Yeah, oh, but outside the big yeah.
2: outside the, the big three, yes. Oh, well,
0: well, I mean this could be the time when he um he, he gets that, that another winner a thousand, Master's thousand, it could be for Gilles Simon.
1: I mean Cam Norrie's already won today, so that's good. Um Is he your winner? well no one player who, who won't be winning is Yannick Sinner he's lost already uh Schwartzman's out but yeah Taylor Fritz is through i think that's the only notable ones from today
2: just a word on on Schwartzman actually i think i was reading he's he's lost 7 in a row he's gone out of the first round in uh yeah he's not in uh, he's not had a very that's, very good um, end of the end of the season so yeah, it'd be interesting to see if he how he bounces back next next season. But he's had a very rough end to the year.
0: Kim, who's gonna win Medvedev Felix if if they oh, have a match up? I'm putting on the spot on that one.
1: Well, I, yeah, because I think either of them will be the finalist against Djokovic. Same. Mm, I think Medvedev. Just I think Felix might. I think so too. Be tired.
0: Yeah. But I think I'd agree.
1: Three sets. Octopus to, always like, wins no bat in the final. Yeah. It's a tricky one. I'm very intrigued. I'm I'm the most excited with the Paris Masters I have been in several years. So, Same. Yeah. So excited. It's very good. Um, and even more exciting. Just moving on to future tennis. Billie Jean King Cup finals in Glasgow. You are both going to be there, aren't you? Looking looking a bit ahead. Uh. Yeah. Very exciting. You've got accreditation. I know. So amazing.
0: Indeed. I've got such a broad. They're, they're smile letting us on behind the face. scenes.
2: Yes, I mean yes, <laughs> listeners. We, me and Chris, are going to be at the Billie Jean King Cup Finals. We have got media accreditation. I th- all we assume that means is that we're just going to have a lanyard around our around our necks. Just a lanyard, gonna, nothing gonna else. Let I mean, us into into that's, the press that's something, room. Something, <laughs> But yeah, we're going to hopefully we be recording. We can ask questions. We can ask questions. Yes. Rebecca Townsend, Marino,
0: I've got many questions for her. <laughs> I want a one-on-one Marino. with Rebecca Marino so Gabby we can put Debrowski, some questions to Stuart her. Gabby
2: Storm Sanders, we've got questions for you. Please come on our podcast. Um, no, but um... please send
0: us your questions.
1: <laughs> yeah, what do you guys want Joel and Chris to cover? You know, we, we want to hear just not about the tennis, but we want we want to hear more about queuing. Most, yes. Chris. Your
0: most exciting and interesting questions. And we will see if we can weave them into a press conference.
1: <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Well, yeah and we then will... never get
0: accredited again. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Don't ruin it for the podcast. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so listeners, we we uh,
2: will be there at the Billie Jean King Cup. We're going to be hopefully recording from the event. Uh, each day uh we are there so if you are there and you want to, you know you want to meet joel and or joel and chris you want to actually see you want to actually put some put some faces to to voices um yeah just let us know on our on social media or via email uh we're always happy to talk tennis to to fans um in attendance but yeah looking looking forward to it because we we were in prague last year i'm curious to see how how glasgow compares.
0: Hopefully, more people there. I would say, <laughs> um, but the beer pretty... is more expensive. Mm. Yes, that's probably the situation mm. I imagine. Mm. Actually, Kim, that's that's the tournament in a nutshell.
1: <laughs> I, I'm just sad I can't join you guys, but I am stuck in Swindon potentially next week. Uh, it's busy
0: season for you, Kim.
1: Yeah, my my day, my full time job, my day job is is crazy at this time of the year, so I can't get the time off. But um, you'll be, I'll be there in spirit to join to join you. Uh, so I hope you have a cracking time. But I think that brings us to a close for this week, doesn't it? We'll uh, we'll eagerly anticipate the results from Fort Worth and Paris over the next week, and we'll be back, I guess, in a week's time to uh, to catch up as usual.
2: Yes, listeners, I hope you enjoyed listening to this latest catch up with tennis weekly remember to subscribe to us to stay up to date on all the action to come on the atp and wta tours including all the finals coming up on whatever device you listen to us on we're on apple Podcasts, spotify and all major podcasting platforms out there you can also listen to us on the download tennis.com app and if you like what you're hearing then make sure to leave us a rating and comment on apple Podcasts or spotify
1: And you can follow us on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at Tennis Weekly Pod. So do give us a like and a follow if you don't already. Let us know any thoughts, feedback, comments you may have, any questions for Joel and Chris uh, for the Billie Jean King Cup finals or just any questions for the mailbag generally. Uh, You can also email those across to us. uh, Tennisweeklypod at gmail.com is where you can find us. And don't forget to check out our website www.tennisweekly.co.uk. And before I finish, Chris, I almost forgot how,
2: how, how dare I? Um, You have got a Stockholm diary entry. We weren't able to fit it into the podcast last week, but you have given us a diary entry, which is going to play after the credits of this episode. So listeners, if you have made it this far, listen to the end because Chris is going to stick with us. Is there, (laughs) is there any more Cam Nori references in your fan diaries?
0: Oh, absolutely. (laughs) There was um, many, many incidents with Cam Norrie, and maybe there will be another reference to the photo.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, listeners, if you want to, if you're thinking about taking a trip to another tennis event and maybe you thought about going to the Stockholm Open, then I recommend listening to Chris after the credits um, to get his take on the fan experience. But in the meantime, We are going to wrap up this episode of Tennis Weekly and we will be back next week. So I hope you can join us for that. But in the meantime, it's goodbye from Kim. Goodbye. It's goodbye from Chris. Goodbye. And it's goodbye from me. We'll see you again soon.
0: Hello, it is Chris here and I have been out watching some live tennis and we thought it would be a good idea to give you another tour diary where we can tell you about the experience of tournaments and what it's like to attend as a fan. So if you're thinking of going out there and watching some live tennis, you can see if you think the Stockholm Open is a tournament for you. So the Stockholm Open is an ATP 250. And so that's the third rung of regular ATP tournaments after the 1,000 and the 500 level tournaments. Um, it takes place just north of Stockholm in the northeast and it takes place in an area called Jadet, which is um, kind of off the beaten track. It's not an area where much happens. Um, it's slightly on the industrial side and the location um, in that area is the Kungliga Tennishallen, which is... Um, a very traditional, old-school, sort of gymnasium-vibes um, tennis hall. And it's um, been been hosting the tournament since 1969, and it's also the home of the Kungliga Lawn Tennis Klubben, which has 1,100 members, and it also includes royalty as members. So it's a very beautifully-kept um, facility, and a facility that is completely steeped in history. Um, and when you are attending, something to bear in mind is that because it is an, an old school um, tennis hall, uh, there are different areas, so you will be se- seated at times um, on wooden benches. So my advice to you would be, if you do need potentially um, a seat cover um, to make it comfortable, I would recommend bringing that with you. If you are on the side that is opposite to where the umpire umpire's chair is that's the side which has the balcony above it they do all have um in that main block to the side of the court and they are all proper seats so if you are someone who does need a proper seat then that is why i would recommend you purchasing tickets um the stadium has a capacity of 5000 and they've recently rejigged how you are able to enter and exit the tournament it's become a bit more of a thing and i think it has aspirations to become even bigger because previously you'd enter through the front doors of the club and now you enter through a side entrance which then takes you a much longer way around through a big corporate entertainment area which then takes you all the way through to the tennis hall and um That's something which I think you can understand why they've done, but I do think it does detract from the fan experience because when we went to an evening session, we did have to queue for quite a while because they only had two people scanning tickets and it is a long, long way. So it is quite chilly at times in Stockholm as well. So you can get caught out in the cold there. And I do think that when it comes to tournaments, they have to make sure the fans can get in to watch the match uh, because many people missed the start of the Sidsapas match that we watched. Um, In terms of the matches that we saw, we went to quarterfinals day. um, And that is the first day that is split into two sessions. So if you go prior to that, then it will be one ticket which covers all the matches that day. But we saw all the quarterfinals on one day and we were courtside for the first lot of matches. And there is no bad seat in the tennis harlan at all. And what's great about the nature of the tournament is that the practice courts are so close to where um you're able to 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 stand to uh right by the bar um and so they are on the way in so you're able to see people play but also at the sort of the entertainment facilities you can be almost on the practice court which is something that's great you can't really get that close to tennis in lots of other tournaments um on the day of the quarterfinals what is good about this tournament is that it takes place at a very tactically interesting time of the year because players are trying to qualify for the end of season championships at the NITO ATP finals. So lots of players are still playing these smaller tournaments whereas when I went to Hamburg earlier in the year the lineup was not as good because it fell in that sort of in-between period after Wimbledon where there was a bit of a clay section before the US hardcourt swing. So you do get your money's worth in terms of top talent and headlining it this year... Um, it was supposed to be Taylor Fritz who pulled out due to um, the pressures that he had on his body from doing well at some previous tournaments. And Sitsipas stepped in and took a wild card and was the number one seed. So also on the billings were Cam Norrie, um, Holger Rune, Denis Shapovalov, Dimunar, um, US Open semi-finalists uh, Francis Tiafo. Uh, so there were some big names and some really interesting people that I hadn't seen play before. The first match we watched was the Norrie versus Runa match. We were courtside. So if you do like getting close to the action, I do recommend going during the week because you will be able to get tickets right at the front. And as I said, no bad seats, but you can get some fantastic seats. And that was a great match um, where Norrie played some really solid tennis, but I do think the lack of matches due to COVID did have an impact. And Holger was really playing well and crunching some backhands and... He had a lot of belief so that was particularly interesting it was particularly interesting holger this week because of the fact that he's just partnered with patrick mortogelu um and he was courtside giving lots of advice um and lots of fist pumps so that was very interesting to see and very impressive from the 19 year old also fun seeing a dane in stockholm because it's so close to denmark there was lots of support and a fantastic atmosphere we then saw shapovalov versus dimanar which was another good match Um, Unfortunately, Dennis could not keep his emotions in check and he was swearing and behaving um, very badly. We were sat between him and his coach and it was very interesting to hear what they were saying, especially with the new ATP rule, where you can hear um, what they're saying because they are coaching when you are on the same side as your coach. So that was a bit of a frustrating one where Shapovalov couldn't get or couldn't make enough balls and was making some quite impatient decisions. Um, Diminar came through and his movement was really impressive. Uh, He moves so quickly and he's able to really absorb the pace and I was very impressed with him um, given the fact I didn't think he would be one of those players that would be able to crunch the ball and he got some good pace on both wings. Um, And then we did have the queuing issue. So because of the location um, in Yardet, it isn't close to things. So if you want to get some food or something to eat, it's very limited actually in the facilities unless you are on a corporate or VIP package. It's very much set up for that. So whilst you're there, though, you will hear the noise of people dining and uh, and the cleaning of glasses. So it's not a silent hall at all, but it is set up for the VIPs and for the club members. So if you leave, you then have to queue to get back in. And we did miss the start of Stefanos versus the Swedish local Mikael Ima. And that atmosphere was fantastic. Um, it was, if you like a, a refined tournament, um, it was very noisy. People are stamping their feet on the wooden boards of the arena. So it is a very hectic atmosphere in the evening sessions. So if that's not for you, I'd recommend the day session where it is much more mild-mannered and much more chilled out. Um, and I think the Friday night definitely brought the vibes from the Swedes that were in attendance. And then the final match that we saw, which did come on very late, was the tfo Rusevori match. So if you are looking... At going, and you don't fancy a late night, definitely a day session because the evening sessions do start at six, so they can go quite late in the evening. Um, And that was a bit of a non event. Both of those matches were a little bit of a non event with Stefanos coming through quite easily, um, but making it a bit more difficult than it should have been. Uh, And then the same with sort of the TFO match where he didn't really turn up. So it was um, those matches, I'd say, were a bit disappointing. It was great to see a Swede at the Stockholm Open. Um, to experience the madness of, of that and the madness of that um, event. So I would say um, I prefer the day session personally from a tennis experience. Um, it is that bit less hectic and it is that much more easy to get around and to get um, use the facilities that you need to. So I'd say that for me would be my recommendation. Um, another thing to note is that you can't take any food in or drink or um any sort of fluid when you do go and sit down at your seat, either. So you have to be um, very careful with that and you have to consume stuff outside of the actual um, tennis hall itself, like where they play the tennis. And then we went to the finals day, um, which was fantastic. Uh, we did see a Britain action there. Lloyd Glasswell was unfortunately defeated in the doubles final. Uh, and we got very, very close to watching um, the Stefanos warm up for his final. Um, literally a couple of metres away. And that was very interesting to see that so close and live. So I do recommend um, if you are there to check out um, the practice courts because it is quite a unique experience. And that final was fantastic where it's great to see someone really winning a match um, and playing at the top of their game. And it would have been a real disappointment if Tsitsipas had managed to sort of um, get back into it if Rune hadn't held his nerve because Rune had played such a fantastic match and it was so assured. So... Overall, I mean, it couldn't have been a better result for the tournament in terms of a Dane doing well in Sweden. Um, there's a lot of Danish media attention there. And there's a lot of um, fan support for um, a, sort of a semi-local playing against the number one seed and kind of a, a household name in Sitsipas. Um I went with two, um, two friends from Copenhagen and they have different levels of tennis experience and they both really enjoyed it from... Uh, the nature of it being so close to the action, but also the fact there were some big names there. So as a, a tennis uh, enthusiast myself and with two kind of varying um, degrees of kind of tennis experience, um, it is something that is an event that is for everyone um, and it will get the names that people will have heard of. If they're not as familiar with some of the, the more um, sort of the top 50, but they are very familiar with the top five. So a fantastic tournament. I would recommend not staying very close to where the tournament is. Uh, I would stay somewhere like Sodomom or somewhere like that. Um, but nevertheless, it's a tournament that I hope to return to next year. I very much enjoyed it. And um, yeah, I hope this has been helpful. And, and until next time, I think the next one will be the Billie Jean King Cup, where we will be giving updates on, on the daily. Um, and it won't be a tour die with me as we go. But this was the Stockholm Open. And so if you go next year, you might see me there.